beautiful. That's what comes to mind when we think about our human design and we're progressively exposed to the perfection of God's original design. Our lives begin to reflect that beauty. Your life is His design, and His design is beautiful. Thank you for engaging with us as we are about to be further exposed to the beauty of His design as we look into the world to see Jesus. First Timothy chapter number 1 from verse 14 to 15. All right, let's read together. One, two, go. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. Let's read it again together in concert. I want to hear your voices. Amen. Want to go? And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundance with faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. Verse 15. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Let's read it one more time. Want to go? This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Precious Holy Spirit, we lean in on you right now and you have given me words to speak and words to teach. Thank you because you have anointed my lips to bring forth words with utterance. I have by the Spirit the utterance of the mighty and your people are of quick understanding, quick perception. Templates are being given to people Pictures are being painted in the hearts of people. We are coming into the fullness, even much more, of all that Jesus has done for us. I decree and declare in the name of the Lord Jesus that after this service, people are established in the faith. They are established in the consciousness of righteousness. They are established in the truth of your grace. And all things are possible with us. In Jesus' holy name we declare, amen. Amen. On the way to your seat, give someone a high five and say, so good to see you. Welcome to church. There's a little hum. There's a little hum. Can you hear that hum? Huh? Oh, really? Wow. How are we going to do this now? There's nothing we can do about it? Oh, absolutely. Okay, I'll try to shut it down in my head. Are we ready? Yes, sir. So to start out this morning, I want to give us an admonition. How many of you, okay, let me just use it like this. Um, It has happened to me that there are some times when I'm reading a book and I hit on something, but I don't take note of it. And then I've, I've gone past And then I have to come back to start looking for where that thing is. And sometimes I find it, obviously. But sometimes I don't have the patience to actually find it. But I just know I saw it. Or I'm in a conversation with someone, a thought comes to my mind. I don't actually take note of it. Then a few moments later, I'm searching for it, scrambling for it, trying to bring it back to my mind. But it's gone. Okay? Um, There are moments when you are with a person or you are with a group of people, 
and certain creative thoughts come to your mind and you don't capture it in that moment and before you know it is gone. What am I saying? That it is important for us to capture moments, live in the moment and not miss out. For example, somebody is counseling you, you're, you're talking to me one-on-one -on -one, and I, I'm saying things but you're, you're listening but you're not really paying attention. You're not, you're not mentally taking notes. And then you leave, and then I leave. And then you want to recreate that moment, okay? But you call P.O.D., P.O.D., oh, where are you? I'm in Houston. Now, for you to meet me, you have to take a flight and travel and come to wherever I am. You know, it's going to cost you more. But you see, there was a time when we were together. It didn't cost you anything. But only, the only thing it was costing you at that time was your attention. But now to recreate that moment, you're you are having to part with money. Now, what am I saying? There are moments like this when you gather together that you can't get again. Amen? Amen. We can't live today again. Yes, sir. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So when you are in, seize the moments. Don't let things fly over your head. You hear, but you're not really hearing. You know, you're distracted here, you're distracted there. No, don't do that. Sometimes for you to get that moment back, you would have to really pay to capture that moment. I'd have to bring the person, you bring a guest all the way, and then you brought a guest to sit down and you're not listening to him. <laughs> you're robbing yourself. You pay consultation fee, and then you sit with the consultant and you're not really listening to them. So capture moments. Let this not just be service where you are in service, but you are not in service. And then a lot of truths will fly over your head. You would think you heard, but you did not really hear. And many of us don't have the practice of going back to listen again and again. I'm just telling you, don't miss moments. If you're in a moment, stay in that moment. Juice out everything in the moment. Praise God forevermore. So having said that, we are beginning our conversation this morning. Chief Daddy. Chief Daddy is the episode. The series is Wild Grace. And I did mention five things that we will use this series to do. And I, I hope somebody can tell me the five areas. So um, first, what we said was that you shouldn't just hear about the gospel only as a doctrine. But you should relate with the gospel with application in mind. In other words, see how it applies to you in various areas of your life. If it remains to you just a doctrine, what's going to happen is going to be like what happened to some of us when we were in secondary school or the university. How that you are studying mathematics and then today, or physics or chemistry, and then today you can't see the connection between that thing and, and life. Because you can't seem to bring it to life. You know, a lot of you are happy you studied English because now you can communicate in English. But the math, you don't see how it connects. The chemistry, all the DU, DY, DV, DU. You know, um, um, for that math, you know, DV, DU, DU, DV. Right now, where are you V into? Where are you find X? Is X missing? Why is X missing? So you can't see the connection today. If you relate with grace like that, it's going to be trouble. 
Are you getting what I'm saying? Because it's not just a concept or a teaching or a subject. Grace is a person. And you travel, thank you, precious Holy Ghost. And you travel along your journey in life with your person. You do life with your person. Okay, are you hearing what I'm saying? So that's why I gave you five areas where the grace of God and how the grace of God impacts your life. And the first one was what? The grace of God impacts your what? Your relationship with God. How many of you were blessed with that? All right, such that you know that God is faithful, who has called you into fellowship. It is that faithfulness we see, not your own. That is the, is the constant nature of the father that made it easy for the prodigal to walk back home. All right, so we talked on that. The second thing we say it impacts is what? Your advancement in the faith. And we touched on that on Wednesday, that with your eyes fixed on God's grace, you will make progress in your faith. Amen? All right, what's the third aspect? We said your well-being here on earth. That's what chief daddy is. Your well-being here on earth. What's the fourth one? Your prosperity in life. And what's the fifth one? Your contribution to the development of nations through the release of the supernatural. You guys are smart students. Give yourselves a big hand. Amen. Come on, give yourselves a big hand. Amen. So this morning, we are going to be looking at the grace of God as it relates with your well-being on earth. As it relates with your well-being on earth. So if you put up, um, it is, we want you to see the movement bet between from chief sinner to chief grace. All right? We want you to see the movement from chief sinner to chief grace. Okay, so let's begin this morning. If we were to draw a thread to well-being, imagine if we were to draw a thread to well-being from where you are right now, from where you are seated right now. If we drew a thread to well-being, the summary of that thread will be what you are beholding. All right? The, what you are beholding, if we decide to draw a thread from, I don't care how you came into church, what happened to you yesterday, what happened to you a few weeks ago, from where you are right now, if we decide to draw a thread to what well-being looks like, all right, the summary of the key to well-being will be what you are beholding. So, what we want to do this morning is to give you something to behold. Can we say amen? Amen. All right. Now, well-being is a state of feeling healthy and happy. Well-being is a state of feeling healthy and happy. All right? That's what well-being means. And what we want you to know is that the grace of God does truly impact your well-being. The grace of God does truly impact your well-being. There is a connection 
between the revelation of the grace of God and your well-being on earth. Let's go back to that well-being again because I, I, want, you to, I want you to understand it. Well-being is defined as a state of feeling healthy and happy. You can have a, a well-being, all right, of, of joy. You can have a positive well-being, all right? Um, people talk about, you know, having mental health breakdown, okay? Grace can impact your mental health. Say amen. amen. The revelation of the grace of God can have an impact on your mental health. It can have an impact on your psychology. It can have an impact on your emotions. So you're not just sitting down and learning about the grace of God from a doctrinal perspective alone. You are learning to see how it relates with every aspect of your life. Can we say amen? amen. So say this with me. Grace impacts my well-being. Say it again. Say, grace impacts my well-being. I want you to preach with me this morning. Say, the grace of God, the grace of God has an impact, has an impact on, my well on my well-being. Great. Fixing your heart on grace will lead to a prosperous well-being. Turn to your neighbor and say, fixing your heart on grace, heart on grace will, lead will lead to a prosperous well-being. Say it again to them. Fixing your heart on the grace of God is going to lead you to a prosperous well-being. You know, well-being is both physical, psychological, mental. I get what I'm saying? Emotional. Thank you, precious Holy Ghost. So as a result of this teaching, many of you will receive emotional healing. I get what I'm saying? The, 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 the what, what I call it? I don't want to call it a yoke. But the strongholds will be broken. That, that keeps pulling you into emotional depravity. Amen. It's going to be broken. Amen. By the power of the Holy Ghost in the name Amen. of the Lord Jesus. As you listen to these words, you will be truly free. Amen. In your emotions. You will come into a place of freedom. Amen. In your emotions. If you believe it, I want you to say Amen. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes, so let's look at our scripture now. 1 Timothy chapter number 1 and verse 14. It says, And the grace of our, Lord, of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love which is in Jesus. Pay attention to this. Verse 15. It says, This is a faithful saying. Now that word, faithful, is reliable. This is a reliable saying. In other words, this is a saying that you can put your trust in. So follow the conversation now. He says, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. That Christ came into the world to save sinners. Oh, thank you, dear Lord Jesus. Christ came into the world to save sinners. So if you were to have a label of sinner man or sinner woman, you are the one for whom Christ came. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, Paul also goes on to say, of whom I am chief. So I'm going to give you the meaning of that word chief. All right? Let's start with the word sinners. The word sinners is hamatolos. Hamatolos in the Greek. It is H-A-M-A-R-T-O-L-O-S. It means to be sinful. 
It means to be sinning. It means to be depraved. It means to be detestable. You know when something is detestable? Hamatolos. But that word, I want you to put, yeah, put it. If, can you highlight sinners? Can you highlight that word sinners? Okay, just highlight it. All right, the word sinners is hamatolos, okay? But it's actually derived from another word. And that word is hamatano. Hamatano, I didn't say hamatan. <laughs> I said hamatano. That is H-A-R-M-A-T-A-N-O. Now that word hamatano, so I said hamatolos is derived from hamatano. Get the conversation. Hamatolos means to be depraved. It means to be sinning. So hamatolos has to do with a verb, has to do with the action of sin. But hamatano has to do with the nature. In other words, hamatano simply means, and that's the meaning of the word. Hamatano means to miss the mark. To miss the mark. So when the Bible says, for all have sinned, and are falling short of the glory of God, what we are saying is that all have missed the mark. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now listen to me. It brings everybody under the same umbrella such that we all now need a savior. Amen? Without this understanding of what sin is, some people will act as though they don't need one. Alright? So Hamatano says you have Everybody has missed the mark. Now, now pay attention to this. If you are throwing a dart, okay, there's a, there's, a, there's a bull's eye, right? If you miss that bull, bull's eye by one meter, have you missed? Half a meter, have you missed? A quarter of a meter, have you missed? What about 10 meters, have you missed? You've all missed. All right, so now listen, who is the mark? Very important. You think the mark is your behavior? No. The mark is a person. His name is Jesus. So in and of ourselves, we couldn't hit the mark of his righteousness, of his holiness, of being blameless. Are you getting what I'm saying? Of being sinless. You couldn't. So everybody, now here's the idea. You must realize that everybody has missed the mark. Now hear this. Um, Paul is saying that I am a sinner. In other words, I, I'm, I was chief of sinners. I guess what I'm saying? He's not talking about hamatano. He's talking about hamatolos. He's talking about the act of sin. The nature, the, you know, the doings of sin. All right? But now, you need to realize that these doings is coming from a missing the mark. In other words, if you fix the marks, the doings will change. So what many people are trying to do, many people, what they are doing is that they are not increasing their revelation of the mark that Jesus has attained for them. But they want to do something to earn. You can't do things to earn. If you do from now to tomorrow, you will never hit the mark. Say amen. amen. How many of you have ever been in situations where, you know, no matter what you do, you can't impress the person? You do, you try, I mean, you are doing, you are, you are bringing out your soul. <laughs> you are bringing out your whole soul, but there's still something missing. You are bringing, like, you are bringing, you are bringing everything to the table, but there's still something missing. You see, that's the nature of the law. The law demands its eggs to be cooked just right. Overcook? No. 
Undercook, no. Just write. But the problem with the law is that he will never carry his, the law will never carry his hands and his legs to help you. Yeah. It demands from you, but never helps you to accomplish. Grace doesn't just demand from you. Grace gets up, goes to the cross, pays the price, becomes as you. Are you getting what I'm saying? And then comes to say, come in. I have become what you. Are you getting what I'm saying? And he has brought you back home. Grace actually does the work. Grace actually gets up. He says, I want you to be righteous. But I'm not just going to ask you to be righteous by yourself. I'm going to stand up pay the price for you, and then die as you, and then bring you into me, so that now that you are in me, you are identified as my righteousness, even though you did no work. This is the grace of God. Are you getting what I'm saying? And you've got to understand this. So Paul is saying here that Jesus came into the world to save sinners. I'm chief of them. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, what he's saying is, I am chief in doing despicable things. But now, how did Jesus come to save me? He came to save me by fixing the mark that I missed. The mark that I missed, he fixed it. So, stop expecting things from yourself that has not been deposited inside you. You must look to the depositor. For what he has deposited so that you'll be able to draw out that which he has deposited your righteousness is actually not yours is his i guess what i'm saying so if i if i want to okay let me ask you a question if i want to act more like victor what do i need to do i need to be looking at victor if i want to act more like him i need to focus on him now let me tell you another thing that is going on here do you know what paul is also saying that Jesus came to save sinners and he identified himself as chief. That word chief, chief is front man as per like <laughs> if you are counting those who are sinners, okay, I am the worst. That word chief is worst. That word chief is front. That word chief is principal. Egbon daddy. That word chief is foremost. You know, gang leader. Yeah. Uh, he was a gang. Let me tell you. When they were stoning people, Paul was the one holding clothes. You know, the Oga, the Oga is not the one who God does the job. The Oga is the one who sits down to ensure the job is done. So Paul knew he was chief sinner. Now, but here's what Paul is saying. And this is what I want you to get. Paul did not stop at chief sinner. Look at the word. He says, this is a faithful saying. That it is worthy of acceptation that Christ Jesus came to save, came into the world to save sinners. So he's actually talking about the fact that Jesus came to save me yeah. from sin. Yes. In other words, what Paul is saying is that my salvation from my sinner um, identity is my well-being. Mm -hmm. Look at me, everybody. You understand it in a bit. You see, with the label of sin on your consciousness, there cannot be well-being. There cannot. Hello. Except, eh, except, except you are, except they've taken your, they, you know, they removed your heart and they took it to a coven and they fried it. Mm? And they gave those demons to eat. 
if you hurt somebody, you feel it. I guess what I'm saying. If you do, if you hurt people, you speak the wrong way, and you will feel it. That's why I say, except, <laughs> except your soul. <laughs> hey, they've taken your soul. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying. You will feel it. Now, I want to ask you: Do you know the weight of moving around in life with guilt on your consciousness? Do you know it's heavy? You? The weight of living life like you know what? Living, moving around in life. Knowing that you are owing people everywhere. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying. Just knowing that you are, you are a debtor. Everybody. You know, just imagine every day, like 50 debts, debt, um, you know, you know uh, dear Lord Jesus. They come all the way. Every day, they are knocking at your door, harassing you, taking your stuff, you know, throwing it away. Which well-being? By the time you want to sleep at night, eh, you'll be seeing the faces of all, your, all the people you are owing. You'll be seeing the faces of Mama, Mama Chinik, Mama Chidima. You'll be seeing the faces of Mama, Mama Bola. You'll just be seeing their faces. You'll be hearing Mama Bode shouting at you. You're not going to pay me. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying. You can't have well-being when there is debt on your conscience. You can't have well-being when you are feeling weights of guilt, condemnation. You know, you are constantly talking down yourself. Things are constantly talking. There is no well-being now. So that's why Paul says, I've been saved. I used to be a sinner going about with the heavy emotion of, you know, of guilt and condemnation on my conscience until Jesus came and snatched me out of it. And now I've been saved. Your salvation from sin is key to well-being. Hello, church. Listen to me. You know, the reason why, that's why we have to have these conversations. Because some of you have relegated your salvation to Sunday school. Sunday school talk. You don't see how it relates to your doing well in class. You don't see how it relates to your acing your, your workplace, you know, getting um, the most, uh, what's it called, the most um, preferred employee of the year or the most advanced. You don't see how it connects. To you, it's just let's go and do that church stuff and go. But there's a connection between your eyes seeing the grace of God and you knowing that there's no guilt or condemnation on your conscience and you being a good father. Yes, I get what I'm saying. People are trying to replicate the power of God is upon me. People are trying to replicate the same thing that they used in raising them. You say you don't like it, but if your eyes does not see the grace of God, you will repeat it. If your eyes is not fixed on the grace of God, as they raised you, subconsciously there's a programming running. As they raised you, that's how you raise others. Have you not heard people say things like, nobody gave me any handouts in life, so what, what's wrong with you? As though handouts is a bad thing. We were once dead in trespasses and sins. If you don't know, Jesus gave us a handout. I guess what I'm saying? That's what happened. So if your eyes are not fixed on the grace of God to fix your well-being, you will repeat the same mistakes that got you here. The same mistakes your parents made. You will make the same mistakes. You will talk to people harshly. You, you, I get what I'm saying? So your eyes must be fixed on the grace of God. You must see the connection between the grace of God and a calm soul. Just imagine that you wake up in the morning knowing that people are haunting you. All the things you've done. They are haunting you. In your hurry and in your speed, you will hunt others. Yeah. 
you will haunt others. You will haunt others. How can only me be miserable? Uh, all of us must be miserable too. All of us will chop this breakfast together. Have you not heard? Have you not seen many people who know that? I don't, want to, I don't know if I should use this example or not. Maybe I should just move on. When hurt people hurt, they will hurt others. In fact, they want to intentionally replicate the hurt. I can't be the only one going through this. I get what I'm saying? So now we can see that Paul is saying that I was chief of sinners, saved, snatched out of sin by the grace of God. This is the key to well-being. And you say amen. amen. Key to well-being is knowing that the grace of God has saved you from your sin. Now Paul is saying that this is a faithful saying. That Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And I am chief of them. I get what I'm saying. I am chief of them. In other words, I was the forefront. I get what I'm, now, let me tell you. So, what Paul is saying is, this grace that hit me. If it could hit me. Ah, all of you, he can't touch you now. I, if he could touch me and transform me. Ah, you are smarting now. Because me, I was a bad boy. Paul is saying, I was chief daddy when he came to sin. Now me, they lead the front. Now me, they, I'm, you understand, I'm the, one, I'm the one that opens the door. I'm the foreman. I'm the one that carries everybody along. I was the life of the party. If they say, let's kill somebody, and Paul has not given his instruction, nobody's moving. I get what I'm saying? I was the weight carrier. If everybody wants to do like five bad things, me, I'll do ten. Paul is saying, this was my resume. This was my identity until Christ came. Now that Christ has come, right, I have been free from sin. Brothers and sisters, it is this freedom from the guilt of sin and the condemnation of sin and the judgment of sin that leads to well-being. Listen to me. Some of you have still, you keep making the mistake that what you need is more money. I see it in your eyes. You keep making that mistake. <laughs> I can see your eyes. You keep making the mistake that what you need is a relationship, boy or girl. I can see it in your eyes. You are a lover. Before they even say anything. Before they say anything, you are available. Before they say anything, you are saying, ah, is it, ah, I'm gay. <laughs> I see it in your eyes. You think that a, a new degree is going to be key to well-being. You think that a new, a travel, you know, history, uh, a rich travel history is key to well-being. You know, if they ask you, you say, I just want to go around the world and just chill and not do anything. <laughs> Wake up, sir. You will do things. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Because even that not do anything is anti the grace of God. Yeah. Because you know who saved you. Do you know other people who need to know what you know? How can you say you not do anything? You have to move and get them to know what you know. Some of you will have to like some of you, eh, the only way that people will know how to run good companies and treat their staff well is when you start one. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, look at me. Let me talk to people that are listening to me. 
is when you start one. Yes, they will not know what staff welfare is until you start. Yes, it's when you start. I don't know. So this is the right way to treat people. Some of you are complaining. Stay with the template of the spirit. Let him open your eyes to the grace of God. Let it calm your nerves and bring you to a place of peace and well-being. And from that place, launch out. Launch out into the deep. And show this world how some things are done. And you say amen. amen. They don't treat us well. In our company, they don't treat us well. What do you expect of people who are living under the curse? They're living under the curse. Listen, under the curse is from the sweat of your faith will you eat from the ground and you think your employer doesn't want you to sweat. You will sweat, eh? <laughs> Turns and tissues will it produce to you? Is that monkey they walk, baboon they chop. I'm putting in more, I'm getting little results. It's the curse. That's why if you meet any employer who doesn't understand the grace of God, if they pay you 500k, they will suck your blood. <laughs> Look at me. I'm talking. Amen. Amen. They will talk your blood. You're going to show up on Sunday. You're going to show up on Monday. You're going to show up on Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, midnight, 2 a.m., 5 a.m., 10 a.m. You, you are everything. You are not your own. I'm me. I pay you 500k. You, you, you want to have a life. Which life? <laughs> I am your life. <laughs> What do you expect? The man looks every day. He doesn't look through the frame of grace. All he sees is scarcity. And then, as he's trying, as he's seeing scarcity, you are saying, let's give her a raise. Raise. I get what I'm saying? But when God has brought well-being to your consciousness, and you know that you, you had no hand in it, you paid no price for it. Guess what? When you see other people, you'll be calmer. Say amen. amen. Church, say amen. amen. Am I preaching good this morning? Yes, say, I have well-being. I have well-being. In the name of Jesus. Name of say it with me. Say, I have well-being. Well in the name of Jesus. So from our conversation so far, the thing that improves our well-being in life comes from the truth that there's been a label change from chief daddy sinner to chief righteous. I used to be a sinner and all the implications that comes with it, including guilt and shame and condemnation and reproach. There are so many people who when you're talking to them, they can't look you in the eyes. Life has damaged them. I get what I'm saying? When they were growing up, the instruction too, it, there's nothing wrong with them, but the instruction too is that they stood around, you know, big brothers and uncles who say, you, they look me for face. I'm talking to you, you're looking me in the eye. My friend, will you? So they were trained over time to look down when they are being spoken to. Now they've gone to embassy. Embassy say, look me in the eye. And they can't. Because if they look in the eye, it's a sign of disrespect. Now they've turned down the visa. <laughs> so brothers and sisters you must realize that have you have you wondered what happened to the disciples when jesus showed up these guys couldn't show up in the public they couldn't talk they were timid quiet intimidated nothing and jesus showed up and he hung with them for a while suddenly 
As they were walking with him at the back, you know, all guys walking in front, they were walking at the back. And then on Sabbath day, they were plucking corn. You dare not lift your hand before Jesus came. But now they are plucking the ear of corn and eating and having fun. And then when the condemner came to say, ah, ah why, why, do you, why do your people have this much liberty? Jesus answered them. Because there is a boldness that comes when you see Jesus. I get what I'm saying? There is an attitude. It's not an attitude of arrogance. No. It's not an attitude of Iberagarness. No. It's an attitude of I know who I am. I am confident in who I am. If I go like that with this consciousness, I will ace the test. Hallelujah. I'll do well in my interview. Many of the things that cause people not to do well, they are psychological. They are environmental. And some of the organizations who want to hire you, eh, they are operating under the law, under the curse. So his interview we came for, is he fight? Hmm? I came to inside panel. Six of you are there, seven. And then you, all of you's faces like you want to kill somebody. What is it? What is it? You know interview we came for. All of you carry face as though, and so why, why are you here? And so what do you want? As though if you smile now, as though if you smile, it will reduce the weight of the work or the job description, or it will make you deficient in your conversation. It's just, it's, you see, even, hey, the power of God is upon me. Most of the people doing this thing, even they themselves, they are timid. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Say amen. amen. Even they themselves are timid. They themselves, they are struggling with identity crisis. Because somebody shouted at them to get a job. So now they have to shout on somebody to get a job. The devil is a liar. With the revelation of God's grace, some, see, let me tell you, some of those people, they have internal crisis in their hearts. No joy, no peace. When they come out, what do you expect? They will intimidate others. But when your eyes are open to see the grace of God, it brings you to well-being. So when you come into the room, see, let me tell you, if I'm smiling at you and you're not competent, I won't hire you. But we, I, it will not stop me from smiling. Yeah. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. Somebody say, I believe in the grace of God. I believe in the grace of God. See, when I say you should say it, I want you to hear yourself say it. I hear something. I won't look at your face and say, Grace, Grace. <laughs> I, no, you, do you understand what I'm saying? You will be competent too, but I'll smile. Laugh, crack a joke or two, make the person feel at home, comfortable, relax. You are not, <laughs> after this exam, you, you will still have many days to live life. So, what improves your well being is the revelation that the label chief sinner has been removed and Chief righteous. No, you know what chief righteous means? It, it means you're the principal righteous man. For righteous man. You're the righteousness in, of God in Christ Jesus. And you, you see, let me look at me, everybody. When it comes to our family matters in the kingdom, there's no last born. No. Yeah. There's no second born. No. We are all sons of God. Yes, yeah. I guess what I'm saying. If daddy is sharing inheritance, daddy, the big one. Oh, yeah. If he's sharing inheritance, you know, in some of your villages, they say the, the first son will take more. 
Second son. Baba, if daddy is sharing inheritance, it's of his fullness. Have we all? Did you hear that? Of his fullness, have we all received? There's no double portion, nothing. No double portion, no double portion. He came with his fullness. He said, double portion of you, and we double portion. There's no double portion. It's his fullness he gave to us. That's why all of us have all the nine gifts of the spirit and the extras. All of his fullness. He came to make your life the headquarters. I guess what I'm saying? God doesn't have second born. He doesn't have third born, fourth born, fifth born. So when I'm giving gifts, I'll give the first born. Hey, uh, I pity some of you because some of our culture has really messed with some of people's mind. Growing up, to prove seniority, they gave to you two meats. Two meats, one, one, one. Three meats. Hello. Did it happen in some of your houses? One person had a bigger plate of rice with two chicken because he's Ada, Ada, she's Ada. Then the rest, one, one chicken. <laughs> that's how they have used, they, that's, that's how they demonstrate, you know, the seniority level. So if they buy clothes, they give you two. They give others one, one, one. Ah, mommy, why are you giving others? Why are you giving um, auntie two and us one? Don't you know she's your senior? So you, you now come into Christ with seniority mentality. You are hoping that, ah, they gave body two. They gave Bola two. Me is only one. There's no last born in, in heaven. Say amen. There's no second son in the kingdom. All of us are sons of God with equal, equal gifts. So if I have creativity, you have. Why are we preaching to you like this? It's to bring out the one in you. To increase your consciousness of the one in you. If I lay hands on the sick and they recover, you too, you lay hands on the sick, they will over-recover. Hey, you Guys, can you hear what I'm saying? So that if you say, you went to that church, there's no anointing there, but you came. But you came. That you came. It means the presence of God came. Whatever was missing, you supplied. By the power of the Holy Ghost. Say amen. I'm ready to preach now. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Glory to God. So what is the key to your experiencing well-being? What is the key to your experiencing well-being? The key to experiencing well-being is the relaxation and assurance that comes from knowing that God has nothing against you. Listen, God has nothing on you. And he has nothing against you. Say amen. Amen. Church, say amen. Amen. God has nothing against you. God is completely for you. He has nothing on you. And he's got nothing against you. That's the key to well-being. So whenever you come into God's presence, you can relax. I get what I'm saying. You can chill. When you are praying the Holy Ghost, you can have a cup of juice. Mm. And a pack a and a pack of I, a, hello and a pack of digestive. 
or you know a baker biscuit or something amen and a cup of water and you are praying the Holy Ghost and he's really entering and AC is on and he's really entering Africa everything must be war yeah 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 everything is war <laughs> and I'm not talking about the fervency in prayer I'm talking about the ignorance of just shouting as soon as you show up like this you have to shout now your landlord is almost chasing you out of here I hear something you can be chilled well-being relaxation my father has nothing on me I'm the chief righteousness of God in Christ Jesus not chief daddy sinner but chief daddy righteous chief daddy holy chief daddy blameless chief daddy loved chief daddy forgiving this is who you are say this is my life say it again say this is my life say God has nothing against me say God has nothing on me if you don't believe this you're going to keep hoping you're going to keep thinking that one day a video will play you know some people are afraid of that video uh, some people are afraid of that video. Some people are afraid of that video. That video. Hey, where nobody saw you as you were sneaking into that room. You see, the unseen eye. He sees the unseeable. You know, there's, some, there's a way they say it. You know, the unseen eye who sees in every scene, something, something, something. They say it in some way. So, in your mind, the day will get to heaven. You know, because God does projector work. <laughs> so he is in creates. God is a create member. <laughs> so he will bring out the screen. Say, Michael, <laughs> Angel Michael, <laughs> this person thinks you are joking here. Who am press play? Then Sam do not start. <laughs> then that night you were just entering mommy's kitchen. Dun, dun, dun. You think God works in Hollywood? In Hollywood? You think God works in Hollywood? You'll be using soundtrack to judge your, your sin. <laughs> using soundtrack to check your condemnation. God is not a movie director in Hollywood. Dun, 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 then then you are going like this. Then, then you, as you are looking at that, you are saying, hey! I'm finished. And then you go again. Bam, bam, bam. And then, after you watch, then you now, then you now look at him like this. Then, God will now look at you like this. Then you now say, Lord. Then him too, he will now say, my daughter. Then you now say, please. Then he will now say, what can I do for you now? <laughs> say this with me. There is therefore now. No condemnation. To those who are in Christ Jesus. None. No condemnation. This is the key to well-being. See, eh, if your eyes never see this thing, I'm telling you. No well-being for you. None. And well-being is not positive thinking. Well-being is not positive affirmation. Well-being is not say it, fake it till you make it. 
I get what I'm saying. Well-being is not act like it until you become it. That's not well-being, no. Well-being is out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth is speaking all that Jesus has accomplished for you. So let me tell you what it is. It has to move from just your information to your revelation. Right now, what's happening to you is that you are receiving information. When you go back home and start to process it and dwell on it, brood on it, how many of you know that if a chicken, you know, lays an egg and doesn't brood on it to hatch it, all it remains is an egg. I guess what I'm saying. But that stain to incubate that wish, that thing, is what causes the chick to come out. In the same way, you receive information like this. You go home. That studiousness comes to you. And you sit down on top of this truth. And you begin to hatch it. In the name of Lord Jesus, I've got well-being. Glory to God. The grace of God is impacting on my well-being. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm of a sound mind. I'm of a calm spirit. Glory to God. That's how you do this thing. And then you are mingling the truth with your spirit. Such that the day we, you wake up and you start talking, we cannot differentiate. It's now one. Amen. Amen. That's how we live our lives. If you don't do this thing, eh, you are going to be, you have a head full of knowledge until your head is shaking like this. And then as your head is shaking, Satan will still be using you to do La Liga. Shoo, 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 shoo. Meanwhile, naturally, he cannot come close to you. But because you have refused to, to do the conversion, you know, kinetic energy, I'll be, how do they put it? The, it's something energy to kinetic, whatever, I don't care. <laughs> but my point is, do the conversion of information, make it heart revelation. So now when you're talking, I'm full of boldness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm full of boldness. You can do that to the point here, brothers and sisters, where even the shake of your head, the devil knows what you're saying. When you do like this, mm-mm, he knows <laughs> that he should not try. Say amen. amen. Some people, eh, if they are a window, you know, I use this a lot. Your window just moves in somehow at night. You don't know the blood. <laughs> blood, oh, blood, oh, blood, oh. Especially all your ladies. The ladies see cockroach coming. Yeah, 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 yeah. I say, calm down. No, I'm not shading you, amen. <laughs> calm down, calm down, relax. The, there's a dear man, all right, who lived on this uh, planet Earth. I, I can't remember his name, but somewhere in, in the US, okay? Or in the UK, I can't remember. The, you know, he went into an, a village to preach. After he preached, the demons in the village were so angry that he came to preach. So when he went back to his room to sleep, he heard the noise, and they were coming, you know, he's a very stupid now, yeah, 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 and then they came, as they came, you know, they scattered, his, he was not on the bed, they scattered the bed, they scattered, ah, by the time he came out, and saw that there were some, you know, foreign age activities in the room, he first of all said, you devil, get out of here in the name of Jesus, the devil scrambled, scrambled away, running, as he now laid on his bed, he now noticed that the bed was not made. He said, you foul devil, come back here and arrange this bed. And they came back and they arranged the bed and then he said, get out of here. Wow. 
You understand what I'm saying? That's the authority you have in Christ. Fool you like this. Fool you. Somebody wants to kidnap you. Fool you. Hey, you just say, hey, hey, kidnap me. Okay. <laughs> hey, some of you, you, you can just start to laugh. See, you plug, plug consciousness and just start to laugh. That is, immediately plug, my type is not the type they kidnap. Yeah. I say my type is not the type they kidnap. I guess what I'm saying? Oh, okay, let's go. <laughs> and you sit in their car. And then you begin, you just plug consciousness. Begin to pray in the spirit. Suddenly, ah, the driver, something is biting him. Like. And then the other one says, ah, oh God, rain, they follow. You they hear sound of rain, heavy rain, pack, make we confusion already. They carry the wrong person. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Say this with me, in the name of Jesus. I enjoy the relaxation, I enjoy the relaxation that, comes from the that comes from the assurance that all my sins are forgiven. All my sins are forgiven. God, has me. God has nothing against me. God has nothing on me. All my sins are forgiven. This is my key to well-being. Can you give the Lord a shout of praise? Glory to God. So the doorway into well-being the doorway into well-being, all right, is believing that Jesus, who is the grace of God, has completely silenced the voice of sin and that there is no more guilt on your heart. There's no more guilt in your conscience. There's no more guilt on your heart. There's no more judgment for you. There's no more condemnation for you. Some people, look, let me tell you, I have seen situations where people started having nightmares because of abortions. And until the gospel was preached to them. Your sin will find you out. No, his grace has found you out. <laughs> you know, let me tell you, what God did in his death, burial, and resurrection was to single you out to be favored. Listen, if there were a million people, eh, in the world and you showed up you are one of the million god doesn't treat you as part of the million he singles you out you know many people relate with god as though god has a line of receiving oh yeah next turn next turn next turn and then when it gets to your turn he can finish no his grace has found you out this is the key to well-being i'm telling you i'm not boasting and heaven knows i am not boasting i can't remember the last time that I was truly worried about something. I'm a very laid-back person to the point where you think I'm lazy. But I'm not. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There's peace on my conscience. There's quietness and rest forevermore. Are you getting what I'm saying? It is in quietness and rest. If you're anxious, you might not hear. If you are still, that's why I like that song. I will be still and know. Do you understand? If you are quiet, rest, calm, 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 take it easy. But it starts from what is going on within you. There's no judgment on your conscience. Can you say this with me? There's no judgment on my conscience. There's no judgment on my say it again. Say there's no judgment on my conscience. There's no judgment on my conscience. Now the question I want to ask you is, what do you think happens if these voices of guilt and condemnation 
and not silence in your heart. What do you think happens? Some of you don't realize. I have something to show you. I have something to show you. Put that picture on the screen. I want to show you something. If you don't, so if you don't like Paul, eh, say Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. If you don't like Paul, make that declaration. I'm telling you, you're, you're putting yourself in a lot of trouble. Look at this picture, all right? So if you look at the picture on the screen, you'd notice that the roots, the roots of all of these things is condemnation. But it bears fruits of fear. It bears fruit of stress. It bears, bears fruit of financial lack, destructive habits, and sickness. But the root of it is condemnation. That's why what Paul said, all right, he came to save me. I'm chief sinner. That thing must hit your heart. I've been saved by God's grace. And it is that salvation that is key to your well-being. If you keep having the, the consciousness of guilt and condemnation, see, let me tell you, eh, that thing you did last year, God has forgiven you. Amen? Amen. That lie you told, God has forgiven Say it, God has forgiven me. Oh, say it again. Say it, my father has forgiven me. You are getting free today. You are getting free. The fear, the judgment, the trepidation that comes from not having a revelation that your sins are forgiven. It can have more damning effects than you know. Much of the diseases in the world, much of them comes from not having this revelation. All of a sudden, I told you this before, all of a sudden your body wants to, wants to start to pay. The fight, you know, I've had people who became cancerous and they asked the doctors, what is the reason for cancer? No reason. Nothing causes cancer. <laughs> it's just abnormal behavior of cells. That cells begin to behave abnormally and then they start to fight themselves. So you can tell your cells, Christ has paid, calm down, calm down. Take it easy, take it easy, take it easy. You understand? Tell your eye, your eyes, Christ has paid. You see where? Your legs, your lungs, that Jesus has paid. Can you say this with me? Jesus has paid. Jesus has paid. Say it again. Say it, Christ has paid. Christ has paid. Say it one more time. Say Christ has paid. Christ has paid. So without the revelation of God's grace, there will be no well-being. There will be none. Now, I want you to put that scripture on the screen. I want to show them something. The word um, faithful saying is another word of reliable saying or trustworthy saying. Now, too many times, people are able to believe in the trustworthiness of their sin more than they believe in the trustworthy nature of God's grace. Let me repeat that. People are able to believe in the trustworthiness of their sin more than they are able to believe in the trustworthy nature of his grace. Let me tell you, your sin is not more trustworthy than his grace. You know, so when people magnify their sin, they know it happened. They remember the day when it happened. They remember all that followed it. They remember the lie they told. They remember all of those things. But, so they trust more in their sin happening 
than they trust in God's grace happening. So we have to flip the equation. It's time for you. So what Paul said here is that he had flipped the equation. He said, this is a reliable saying, worthy of all acceptation. For many people, it is their sin and how it happened that is worthy of acceptation. But for Paul, it is God's grace that is worthy of acceptation. He says, worthy of all acceptation. In other words, nothing fights it in my consciousness. When Paul says, I have wronged no man, nothing was fighting it in his consciousness. I get what I'm saying. He had silenced all the voices that could fight it. Now, let me tell you, some of you, it might not be seen as by doing something wrong. Some of you, it might be unbelief. The power of God is upon me. I, you know, some, some religious juggernauts don't know that unbelief is a sin. God is talking to you, a whole almighty God. He's talking to you, you can't believe him. And you don't know he's a sin. But guess what? They'll point fingers at the one wearing miniskirts. But you don't realize that the almighty God is talking and you can't trust him or you can't believe he's sin. So you must flip the equation and look to God who has made you righteous. Listen, and even if your attitude is not yet lining up to his pronouncement, start proclaiming his pronouncement over and beyond your attitude. One day, I can tell you, you will wake up and not be able to smoke again. You wake up one day and not be able to doubt again. You know why? Because you've been feeding your soul with your consciousness all through the years. And you've continued feeding. Let me tell you, I announce this to you. Never you give up on God's grace. And I announce to you, don't you give up on yourself. Can you shout amen, church? Say this with me. I've been saved by his amazing grace. So the roots of all of these things, put Romans 8 and verse 1 and let's, let's see. Look at this. Let's read together, everybody. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Now listen, that scripture stops at to them which are in Christ Jesus, full stop. You see that, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. It is, it is Iberaga people that added it. Yes. Listen to me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes, sir. So, there was a group of people who did not want to accept that there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. All right? And full stop. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, they had to add something. Listen to me. They had to add to it because they, they were inside. So when, when scripture was in, being translated in interpretation, they added things to it. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Meaning, in other words, if you don't walk after the spirit and not after the flesh, there's condemnation for you. Is that the gospel? So you get to talk to me, church. Is that the gospel? There is no condemnation towards you, full stop. Okay, let's agree now. The lady that Jesus said, go and sin no more, neither do I condemn you. Was she walking in the spirit at the time? Hey, she was plenty flesh. In fact, they cut her from flesh. Are you getting what I'm saying? There was no spirit, nothing. So this tells you that, look, if you're not walking in the spirit, then there's condemnation for you. Is that the gospel? No. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ. Full stop. 
Say this with me. There's no condemnation for me. Shout it out loud. Say, there is no condemnation for me. Say, I am free from judgment. I want you to hear yourself say, say, I am free from guilt. I am free from condemnation. There is no condemnation on my conscience. So those who have come into Christ Jesus have no condemnation. And if you don't introduce this to your spirit consciously, and bring your soul in alignment with what your spirit knows. Put that picture on, on, on the screen again. Here's what's going to happen. Okay? You are going to keep bringing yourself into all kinds of sickness, stress, destructive habits, financial failure. Not realizing that the root of it is self-condemnation. Many people believe more in their own behavior than they believe in God's grace. See, when you see yourself finish, see his grace. Oh boy, listen, listen. After you've lived with yourself and you know yourself and you've come to the end of seeing yourself, you know people can see their same finish. You know, sometimes the see finish that people give to others is the one they have also enjoyed from themselves. After you have seen yourself finish, see his grace. That's the start of the new you. That's the start of the redeemed you, the transformed you. Can we say amen? amen? So let's go further. John chapter number 1 and verse 29. John chapter number 1 and verse 29. I want us to read this out loud together, everybody. Out loud together. One, two, go. The next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and said, Behold the Lamb of God. We take away the sin of the whole world. So the question is, couldn't John have said, Lamb of God, we take the sin of the whole world? Why did he say behold? Why did he say look? Take a look. Behold. In other, see, the power of this scripture is in the behold. He can be the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the whole world, but if you don't behold, you're left with... Uh, I came to preach to you. Say Amen. amen. You understand? He can be the Lamb of God, takes away the sins of the whole world, but until you behold, there's nothing for you. So the key here is actually in the behold. In other words, take time to contemplate this. Take time to look at it. There is a link between your well-being and your beholding. There's a link between your well-being and your beholding. Listen, if you stop having well-being, check, check, go back and check. At some point, you cease to behold. If you start being occupied by fear and trepidation and condemnation, you know, where you see yourself as condemned. Listen, you might be in church listening to good sermon, but you're not beholding. You're not beholding. In other words, you're not feeding your soul. You're not contemplating on the truth. You're not letting it rub off on you. You're just hearing. You're just hearing. But you're not actually spending time, you know, in fellowship with the truth that you know. It's called beholding. Let me tell you, church, great things happen when we behold. Good things happen when we behold. Are you getting what I'm saying? Wisdom comes when you behold. Direction comes when you behold. I get what I'm saying. Clarity comes when you behold. See, some of you, you live in a fast-paced world and you are too busy. People are so busy, they don't even have time for their children. 
Busy, busy, busy. Busy in the morning before they wake up, you're out. In the night, whilst they are going to bed, you are coming back. Busy. No time to behold. You know, there was something that scripture says. She said, Jesus said to, Mary, uh, to Martha, he said, one thing is needful. And that your sister has chosen. And then he said something powerful. He said, it will not be taken away from her. Brothers and sisters, what you behold cannot be taken from you. The power of God is upon this. When you keep your beholding, I'm telling you, Satan is going to try to take it from you. But Jesus said that what she has chosen cannot be taken from her. In other words, when the storm rises, your sleep cannot be taken from you. Your peace cannot be taken from you. Now listen to me. I never told you that the storm would not rise. But what I'm telling you is that your peace cannot be stolen. Because it's something you have found. That which you have found cannot be taken from her. It has become hers. She's personalized it. Some of you still have a generic idea of redemption. It's not your personal savior yet. It's our savior. Our Lord and savior. Keep generalizing. <laughs> there are some days when some things, when a negative off vibe or negative feeling will just knock on your door. It's my savior that will show up. Hey, yeah. Hey, uh, thank you, Lord. He's a savior you have personalized that will show up. Yes, sir. Not pastor's savior. Not deacon's savior. Not bishop's savior. My savior. That's why people are sitting in church hearing wonderful sermons. But they are still breaking down under pressure. Yeah. It's the pastor's message. It's not yours. Make it yours in the place of meditation. Let me look at me, everybody. Some of you act as though the thing coming after you has never been seen in this world. People have lost jobs. People have been shouted upon. People have been disgraced. In fact, people, some of the people you even admire, if you look at their story, it's been terrible. Somebody came out and said he, he became bankrupt. One of the biggest boys in this town. Say he became bankrupt at some point. If you think about it, running in the billions of dollars was bankrupt. If is this our Gen Z now, they will just commit suicide. And that's not to say that I'm making light of anybody's feelings. Or No, no, that's not to say that. No, that's not to say that. What I'm saying is that, look, hey, <laughs> listen, I made up my mind. I'm here to try. I'm here to succeed. I'm here to, are you getting what I'm saying? This weekend, eh, I was with Reverend Arumeba. And let me share a praise report with you. It will bless you. To, it will bless you inside your socks and outs. Rev shared that cancer came knocking on his door. Cancer, leukemia, cancer of the blood came, knock, came knocking on his door. And in that time, Sama, he came to preach for us. Yeah. That story for another day, I'll tell you people. So he came to preach for us in Lagos. Even me, ah. I looked at his pictures. I noticed that he was emaciating terribly. But he started working out. That period, I had no idea. I was in touch with him a lot. I even told him, I said, sir, ah, ah, you're really trim, And you're looking, sir, give me regimen. And laughingly and jokingly, he gave me exercise routines to do. Trust now. <laughs> I started after. <laughs> I didn't even do two weeks. <laughs> no, I didn't do two weeks. But I've changed, though. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying. And then this was it. 
he said that that same period that he was going through this thing, Kai, it's like this thing came out too early, but let it come out. That same period that he was going through this thing, another of his pastor friend had the same thing, the same thing at the same time. That his pastor friend even came to him to minister healing to him. Guess what, brothers and sisters? That pastor friend died. Rev is alive. Hear me, look at me. Rev is alive. He said that what he was seeing was life. He said he refused to die. That what he was seeing was life. But for the other guy, at some point, he called his family and said, I have finished my work. I'm ready to go. In fact, there was a day Rev said he was so sick that he was so sick in his body that he knew that any moment he could drop and go. But guess what? He wasn't canceling meetings. He, was, he said, what do people who are alive do? Do they cancel meetings? He was going for the meetings. One day he was going for a meeting. He, he had never felt so sick in his life. He said, but when he enters the meeting, the power of God will come upon him. He will be so alive, he will teach. When he goes back and removes that anointing that he was using to teach, it's like he's going to die that night. So he said one time, eh? He went into his room after teaching and laid down. He had to call two of his pastors. He said, one, stay in at the head of my bed. The other one, stay at my leg. If for any reason I stop moving, call me back into this body. He had seen life. He had beheld life. All he could see was life. He made no excuses. So life. Today, Rev is cancer-free. Cancer-free. And if it happens to one, brothers and sisters, it will happen to all under the same circumstances. You are petting that thing. You are petting it. Some of you have accepted that it's part of life. God forbid. Some of you have accepted that these are I'm going to be. These are things are God forbid. As he was going through that, careful dollar too was going through cancer in his body. At the same time, careful dollar has been cancer free three times. The power of God works. Keep the beholding right in your face. You see, when you understand, hey, are you getting excited with me? When you understand that Jesus is a personal Jesus, you will not be doing church and activity with him. No, no, no. You will not be doing uh, when we come to church, when we don't come to church. No, 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 no. He's my personal savior. I don't own Nam. Now my personal, everything I said is mine. Hallelujah. I guess what I'm saying? You put your, some of you think that there will be a good time for you to start making excuses. Now, well, maybe I'm supposed to live with this disease. Maybe I'm supposed to live with it for the rest of my life. Maybe that's how God, <laughs> I insist though. Yes, sir. I insist that I'm the healed of the Lord. Yes, I insist again that I'm the healed of the Lord. I insist again, and I use God's word and put it in my mouth and continue to behold, continue to behold. So John did not just say, Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. He said, behold him. Fix your gaze on him as your lamb that takes away the sins of the whole world. That's how well-being starts. If you have guilt on your conscience, there's no well-being for you. Okay, for example, Satan, why will you put this sickness on me? Jesus has paid. No, I cannot bear a burden that Jesus has carried. Never. 
This emotion is not my own. Some of you are used to personalize emotions that are not yours. Let me tell you. Can I, can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? If you have a depression, there are demon spirits responsible. They are hanging around. Some of them are sitting on people's shoulders. Listen, you cannot be demon-possessed. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. Yes, sir. But some believers can be demon-oppressed. Like this, oppressed. Oppressed. You can't be possessed because Christ lives in you. But there's an arsenal that you have. I'm not saying Arsenal Football Club. They keep failing. There's an arsenal that you have. All Arsenal fans, I'm sorry. But there's an arsenal that you have. No, I didn't throw shades now. Amen. There's an arsenal that you have. Um, not so smile. Yeah. <laughs> there's an arsenal that you have. That you cock that gun. And start to shoot. And say, Satan, no, you can't. This emotion is not my own. It's not my own. Some of you, you just notice you start crying for no reason. It's not cries of joy. It's not tears of joy, yo. I guess what I'm saying? You're just crying for no reason. Ah, that devil is a liar. Yeah. I'm saying, Satan, take your hands off my shoulder. Yeah. Why can I be crying like this? For what? Then you start recalling the goodness of God. Yeah. You see this journey we are on? Now active, active, active. There's no passive aspect of it. Actively declaring who you are in Christ. Actively confessing that your sins are forgiven. I guess what I'm saying? The real rest is to keep talking. The real rest is to keep proclaiming who you are. Yes. And you say amen. amen. Say this with me. All my sins are forgiven. I do not have the emotions of the enemy. So John says, behold the Lamb of God. And let me tell you, behold is an activity. Behold is an active word. Behold is a job. You want to get employed, get employed beholding. I get what I'm saying. Some of you say, I have no job. This time that you are not, that it seems like you are not doing anything, spend it beholding. Many times you, you will overtake the people who seem to have started before you. Bear me witness, I'm telling you. You say you don't have work. That time is not for you to lazy about sleep, tea, money, you know, eat whenever you say ha 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 ha, just go everywhere like a straggler. Listen, there are some things that you will touch now that people who might be on jobs don't have the opportunity to touch because they are too busy. There are some books you will write. I'm just using generic things. There are some books you will write under the now that nobody is calling you to sing, write your best songs. Let me talk to this yeah. Now that nobody is calling you to yeah. preach anywhere. Yeah. This is not I do. You are not I do. You are gainfully employed. Yeah. It's just that your job description is different. Yeah. Your job description is different. You're pulling things out from the spirit. Yeah. Pulling things out. Things that you're going to run with. Where do you think this chair? Okay, okay. Where did you think this chair came out from? It came out from somebody's idea. From, it, it was not in existence. So if that person did not have the calmness to think it out, it wouldn't have come out. That's what's happening to some of you. That it seems like you don't have job now. It is that the Spirit of God is brooding on your, on your heart and bringing things that this world will enjoy out of you. 
but you've been complaining. They don't they refuse to give me job. They refuse to give me job. They refuse to give me job. Say amen. amen. <laughs> Say I have a healthy well-being. You know, some of these things I'm sharing with you, mm. secular people know it. Mm. Okay, look at me now. Look at me, everybody. Here you are now. You are, a, you are an artist. Somebody in America decided to create an award. And now that award is how they measure you. Until you get that award, you have not started. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. Since when? You, you will create your own award. Yeah. Are you guys what I'm saying? You will create your own award. You will stand on your own platform. You will talk yourself into greatness. You See, let me tell you. Be, long before anybody begins to recognize you, you must recognize yourself. Listen, you must recognize yourself in Christ. You must recognize yourself. If you look at the mirror, you can't recognize yourself. I, I, I swear, nobody will recognize you. <laughs> nobody. Nobody will recognize you. Nobody will know you. When you look in the mirror, the first thing that you must see is yourself in Christ. And as you start talking out of that self, Kaya, as I said, some of you are not listening to me. As you start talking out of that self, suddenly the world will come and watch you born. You hear what I'm saying? The world will come and watch you born. But you must get on fire first. And it's this gospel that gets people on fire. You start out of the energy of the gospel. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Have you met me? I'm creative. Oh, hey, Kebaya. Some of you are leaving your, your, your whatever. What do they call it? Your validation in the hands of society. Until they give you a job and say you are good. You will never arrive at being good if you don't see yourself as good. And it's not a matter of humility. I'm preaching. Amen. You start talking. Ah, I'm good. Have you met me? I'm the, create, I'm the best creative thing that has happened to you. I guess what I'm saying. The Bible says, acknowledging every good thing that is in you, in Christ Jesus. You know the mistake many people make? They want to acknowledge the big things. The good thing. God did not say it has to be a big thing. In other words, nobody has come to watch you do it. It's not yet a big thing. But is it a good thing? If it's a good thing, start acknowledging it. If you don't acknowledge it when it is good, it will not stay to be big. You understand? It's good. You did not acknowledge it. You killed it. Where is it big? It's good that becomes big. The, the good things you are acknowledging. So today you had no cash. God brought out 1K for you to eat lunch. Hey, you start, you start rejoicing. Lord, you are so good. Look at how you gave me 1K. Some of you are waiting for it to be 10 million. You don't realize that it's the same principle. The God who gave you 1,000 that you didn't have to beg for will give you 10 million that you don't have to beg for. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Say this with me. Say, I acknowledge, I acknowledge the, good in the good things that are in me. In Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus. They are good things. Are good things. 
and they are in Christ Jesus. And I acknowledge them. Peace is in me. Say it out loud. Peace is in me. Joy is in me. Righteousness is in me. Creativity is in me. Consistency is in me. Righteousness is in my heart. That's how you talk. You don't wait for things to get big. So long as they are good. Start acknowledging them. Me. I'm generous. I'm very generous. I acknowledge. You know what the enemy does? He keeps canceling you out because he's not yet big. That's what he does. So because you've not done it on a big scale, the devil tells you you've not started. What's the big scale if, if he's not there in a seed form? What's big yam if big yam is not there in seed form? Starts from seed form, planted in good ground. And some of you are looking for good investors. You don't know your heart is the first good ground. Oh, Kai, these people come to hear the word of God. Oh. Your heart is the first good ground. If anything that God gives to you can thrive in your heart, in your spirit, as you acknowledge it, it will thrive anywhere in the world. And there are times when it will look like nothing is working. Keep talking. Keep talking. This is, you are, see, let me tell you, some of you sitting at me and looking at me, you are the most gainfully employed people in the earth. Ah, you didn't say amen. amen. Let me repeat what I just said. Some of you looking at me, I don't know why I didn't plan to go in this direction. Some of you looking at me now, you are the most gainfully employed person in the world. Amen. The last time I checked, you have a heart, isn't it? You have a mouth, isn't it? You think it's for eating. It's for talking your way to the top. Okay, no company has seen your resume. Eh? And you think you don't have job. But you're employed. You have mouth? You have heart? Uh, you have, say, everybody, you have mouth? You have heart? You have a mind? You are employed. Start talking. Start talking. Only a matter of time, the whole nation will come and watch you. I'm prophesying in the name of the Lord Jesus. I said it's only a matter of time. The nations will come and watch you. Oh, Adiyam, let me talk to this guy. I prophesy in the name of the Lord Jesus. It's only a matter of time. The nations will come to watch you. The nations will come to watch you, born. Give the Lord a shout of praise. I got to finish, man. I got to finish. The rest... We will receive later. Say this with me. I behold. I behold. I become. become. Say it again. Say I behold. I behold. I become. become. Say I have the key to well-being. well-being. Say it again. Say I have the key to well-being. I I do not stop beholding beholding. the Lamb of God God. has taken away the sins of my world. world. I I behold. I become. Rise to your feet, everybody. Thank you for engaging with us in this episode. We trust that your life has been beautified. If you'd like to share what Jesus is doing in your life with this ministry, please write to us at hello.blueprintstories.org. You can visit our website at www.blueprintstories.org. You can also follow us on Facebook at The Blueprints Church and on Instagram at The Blueprints Church. Share.